When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's good, Cowboys Nation? Welcome to another episode of Fourth and Long Cowboys. Fourth and Long, a.k.a. Bible Study. Yeah, it's Bible. Yeah, it's Bible Study, man. I'm your host, Will Skywalker. Still, of course, joined every week by my big homie, my big brother, Jesse Holly, a.k.a. Mr. Fourth and Long himself. What's good, bro? What's going on, man? Let's do this thing. Listen, after that, that Giants game, we're going to get right into it, y'all. We ain't playing around. After that Giants game, we had a like a celebratory uh, post game show. But but then when you step back a little bit and you dive into the game, the one thing that came out for me was CD Lamb. We got on CD Lamb at halftime. Your former wide receiver. It felt like we saw two different sides of CD. There's questions surrounding: Is he the wide receiver one? Is he not? He has the talent. But we saw the mental aspect. Can, can you kind of dive in a little bit more on those two sides of CD Lamb that we're currently seeing right now? Yeah, and that, for me, that's the frustrating part is because with CD, you know, you've seen the talent. That's why he went where he went in the draft, right? And the Cowboys have projected him into this number one spot. They believe that he has the capabilities, the uh, uh, physical abilities to, to carry – the throne of being the number one wide receiver. But one thing that we've seen with CD Lamb is the level of inconsistency. And to be an alpha dog in this league at that position, in this offense, you have to limit that inconsistency. And for CD, it's 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 been night and day, day and night. You get the first half CD, you get the, and I might even say the second half CD, you get the CD drive. Right, because he he did a lot of his damage for the game in one drive, and they were all things that you've seen from him. You've seen the the amazing catch uh, on was it fourth down or, or fourth or, down, or that, or fourth down with a guy almost decapitating them. He held on to the ball. So another catch in that drive where he helped move the chains. And then of course you see when they got into the red zone, he makes a spectacular one handed grab. But you that for me you. That drive doesn't erase the glaring things in his game that we saw on full display in the first half, and that's the inconsistency. And when you're talking about being the lead dog, you can't have that. You you have to make the routine look routine, and then you have to make the things that are not routine look normal. That's what you see the other number ones do. That's what you see the digs do. Uh, that's what you see the chases do. That's what you see the Jeffersons do. I mean, and and – We've seen him, you know, a la last year to the Vikings game when he made that spectacular, whirly dirly catch in the end zone for a touchdown. So we can see you make the difficult catches, but okay, what happens to the regular stuff? Because I'm going to be honest with you, part of the reason why the Cowboys, in my eyes, don't have long sustaining success, meaning deep playoff runs, it's everybody does – Everybody on this team, I should say everybody, the key guys on this team don't do the little things consistently enough. Mm. And when you play good, 
high caliber football teams, it doesn't seem like much until it is. And you can go back and you can watch game after game after game. It's small things. It's come on, dog. Why you holding? Come on, dog. Why you jumping off sides? Come on, how you drop that pass? Man, that drive was stalled. Man, you gotta make that throw. You're a forty million dollar quarterback. How do you not hit that hole? And it's all those little things that that when you add them up, it leads to you losing to opponents who are equal to or greater than you in talent, in roster, in coaching, in playmakers. So for me, the frustrating thing with C.D. Lamb is just we got to see a level of consistency to put you in that conversation of truly being a number one. You're a number one now by numbers. Default. but By default. But to put you in that category, like I said, with the Diggs and the Devontae Adams and, 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 and the New Hopkins of, of the National Football League, there has to be a level of consistency uh, uh, to truly be in considered in that top 10 range of receivers uh, across the league. You talked about the small things, and I think about not the big drop that C.D. Lamb had. That's the obvious one, right? That could have been a touchdown. At the very least, it could have been a massive gain. But there was another one the very next drive right in front of him that could have put the Cowboys in deep uh, field goal range that he dropped. So, yeah, those small things add up and could have cost Dallas, but it didn't. He bounced back in that second half. And it's not like they're not trying to get him involved. He's had double-digit targets every game, 11 in week one, 11 in week two, and 12 in week three. Now, he's coming on here uh, as we move forward uh, over the last two games. But, again, it's kind of been a tale of, of two halves. Something else that that I noticed coming out that Giants game, man, was something that we talked about, right? Pack up a game plan and, and, and bring it here and bring it there. But I thought Kellen Moore did something that I hadn't seen from him. I don't know, man, maybe ever. But he was constantly scheming guys open, like constantly with the tempo, with the play design, play action, all of that. And if we could pack that thing up and take it to Dallas next week, or wherever we got to go, I think the Cowboys got a good shot over this next stretch until Dak gets back to come away with victories. But what did you see from Kellen Moore? Are you still there? I'm here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm here. Um, interesting that you say that because, and, and this isn't a, you know, I don't want this to turn into Jesse's crapping on dudes. But when you go back and you go back and watch week one, and you saw the Cowboys try to do a normal deal, right? 11 personnel, spread them out, throw all over the park. And, and, it, and, it, and it yielded you three points. Knowing that you didn't have a solid offensive line, knowing that you did not have all the things, you know, receivers are kind of still figuring things out, it resulted in a loss, and it resulted in you losing your quarterback for a period of time. Now, granted, Coop Rush has come, de- come in and, and has played – has done exactly what you've asked him to do, and that's yielded victories. The part that I question a little bit when it comes to Kellen Moore, when you watch the last two games, you see a lot of 12 personnel, a ton of 12, two tight ends. It's a conservative effort to do two things, to make sure that we, even if we miss blocks, we got enough dudes that may be able to clean up some blocks or create um commotion or crash where our back can now find another hole and 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 also he said we're, we're going to be we're, we're going to be hell bent on protecting cooper rush 
with those double tight ends. Whether they're on, on the same side, whether they're on opposite sides, they've made a concerted effort. And then on top of that, the read progressions for Kellen Moore. Well, when you go a lot of 12 personnel, what does that mean? I only have two more receivers to, to play with, right? I got, I got two tight ends of back and two receivers. So with that being said, my reads are really going to be read one, read two, check down. And for Kellen Moore, he's uh, for Cooper Rush, they've seen a lot of, uh, they haven't seen, they, they've seen more press coverage, more tighter coverage, which indicates I know where the ball should be going. That's why we talked about after the game, Cooper Rush is the second fastest quarterback release in the National Football League. Uh, Tom Brady's 2.4, Cooper Rush is 2.46, right? So he's right behind him. And that just tells you that, Hey, I'm not, I, I don't have a bunch of reads. I'm, I'm not going through many progressions. I, it, it ain't one, two, three, check down, back to, it ain't none of that. It's line up. I'm either killing it from a pass to a run. I ain't even killing it from a run to a pass. It's, if I kill it, I'm killing it to a run. I got a, I got a runnable look and I'm killing it to a run. But now it's just the receivers have very basic routes. And Kellen Moore has just been saying, hey, if the first read's not there, throw it to the second read, throw it out of bounds. And so he simplified this thing to a, to a point where Kellen Moore is having tremendous success. And now he's not throwing for 500 yards, 400 yards, and three touchdowns, 300 yards, and three touchdowns. But he is not putting the ball in danger. He had, has he been sacked? If he's been sacked, he's only been sacked like one time. Getting the ball in the playmaker's hands. And they're saying at the end of the day, if this thing ends in a kick, whether it's an extra point, field goal, or punt, we're perfectly fine. And I think that it should be the same attitude, at least the protection part, at least the protection part when Dak Prescott comes back that we did not see him do prior to, to, to Dak getting injured. And that in the balance part, right? Like, like they have to be deliberate about, about running the ball because that's the type of team that they are. That's the type of winning formula that they have here in Dallas. Now I'm not saying, although I did say this a couple of weeks ago when I, we didn't know what we were going to get from Cooper rush from a game plan standpoint, run the ball 45 times hyperbole. I'm joking, not seriously run it 45 times, but it got to a point in that Bengals game where it was like, all right, maybe we do need to just keep running because he tried to give that thing away at one point. Right. Um, whereas in this, in this uh, giants game, I love how you said he really didn't have, a, they didn't give him a lot of reads and you could tell. Because he would one, two, three, or sometimes it's not even a drop back. His shotgun, pull up, I'm getting rid of it. There was a statistic where he didn't, when he wasn't in play action, he got rid of the ball in less than two seconds. I think people have this, this, this weird correlation with time to throw and QB success. I don't think they correlate. I think time to throw has more to do with philosophy and game plan more than it has to do with, hey, this quarterback is amazing. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. Not everybody can get rid of the ball in 2.2 2. 2 seconds and it's efficient and amazing and gets you all these Super Bowls, right? If you're getting rid of the ball that fast, that means I'm just looking over here or I'm doing RPO, taking it out, and just ripping it. What happens when you do that, though, Jesse? Sometimes you miss a guy wide open down the seam. Sometimes that dude on the backside broke open on the other side. Sometimes you're not going to throw for a lot of touchdowns because we're just, what, matriculating down the field. So that's where I think, yes, it's it's great, and I use quotes, that he gets the ball out fast, but then you, you're also kind of handicapping your offense from scoring. It's fine right now. 
right? Because your defense is holding guys to under 20 points. But there's no way you can tell me if you're only going to average 15 points per game or 20 points per game over the rest of the year and you go up against some of these better offenses and you have to get in a shootout, you feel comfortable dropping back 40 times with a guy who, who hasn't really gone through a bunch of progressions over the last few weeks. I think they need to keep him doing what he does well and then build on top of that when Dak gets back and allow him to do some more things that can open up the offense. Not too much, though, because what you don't want is to drop back 45 times with Dak Prescott. you got to find a happy middle. Yeah, you do, and, and, and that's going to be – this is why they pay OCs and head coaches that amount of money because you have to find the happy medium. Because when you go back and look at what Tom Brady did, Tom Brady, I, I, he at one point in time had the single-season touchdown um, record, he and Randy Moss, right? But that became because I had all these other guys in those intermediate routes that we just hit, 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 and then – I was smart enough, I being Tom Brady, to recognize, oh, now's a good time to take a shot. And they were so efficient in taking that shot because, of course, you have the Hall of Famer and maybe maybe the best deep ball catcher, Pauls, that there is in Randy Moss, right? And so that that's the balance that Dak Prescott has to be able to have because when Dak Prescott comes back, you'll have Michael Gallup, You'll have, um, excuse me, you'll have CeeDee Lamb. You'll have Noah Brown. Tolbert will continue to, 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 excuse me, to progress. Eventually you'll get back whatever James Washington is, you'll get back that. So now I just don't want Kellen Moore to get the weapons back and all of a sudden lose the philosophy. Right. I'm right, I'm, I'm right there can, with you. It can happen that way sometimes. Just, you know, when you, when you sometimes get a lot of money at one point in time, you go crazy because you're like, oh, my God, I got all this money that I'm not used to having. I used to be in a penny pincher. Now I got a million dollars. I just go spend it. That's why you hear most people who, you know, win the lottery are poor within the next five years because they don't know what to do anything with money. And I don't want Kel- I don't want Kellen Moore to go back to being poor, to being a poor play caller, to being a poor decision maker. To Mike got to poor- smack that hand. And the same thing for Mike. I- I- Sidebar, what the hell took you so long, Mike? Facts. Because what the hell took you so long? Like, if this is what has been the last two games, you coming out saying, I'm going to get with him, I'm going to make sure that our call sheet looks a little bit different. Bro, what the hell took you so long? And you should have been. And he needs to keep his foot, on, his foot on his neck, in my opinion, because look what happened in the game. Now, it didn't, it didn't end up costing us, but third and one, you get a first down here, you probably ice the game. Somebody should have smacked Kellen's hand. Why are you running – trying to get a pass off of with a play action. Just run. Your dude's averaging eight yards per carry. Another dude's averaging almost six yards per carry. Run the ball, Kellen. Do what works, right. Kellen. And he, he kind of reversed back into that, you know, Kellen glitches is what we used to call it last year. He has a, he has a little glitch, and he glitched. But I think Mike needs to keep his throat or his um keep his foot on Kellen's throat when it comes to this balanced approach because it is what's best for Dallas, man. No, I agree. I agree 100%. And, and if Kellen Morgan keep this, and, and, and there's going to be some – when you get Dak back, there is um, there there. When you have a guy of that caliber, and I, and I do, I'm not into the whole quarterback controversy thing. That that's not. It's not gonna. First of all, it's never gonna happen because Dak makes way too much money. Two, Dak's a better player. He's more athletic. I, I think he sees the field, you know, uh, better in the sense of you know when to take those shots. Yes, Dak has his 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 faults and all that kind of stuff, but. 
you don't win as many football games as he won, and it starts that he had not being a good quarterback. You can you can you can you can marvel at the new toy and what Kellen Moore is doing, but let's not let's let's not mistake this thing, man. If you gave Kellen Moore the keys to this car, trust and believe you me, you'll be back. You'll be back looking for Dak Prescott to drive this thing because eventually Kellen Moore will settle. Teams will find out and figure out who he is, and 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 life will become a little bit more difficult when you play when you play teams that you actually have to go and score against. Um, uh, uh, because right. that life in the National Football League. The only way this is a controversy, the only way, is if over the next game or two, how many games Cooper Rush plays, they continue to win in the way they're winning, where the offense has not been spectacular, right? Uh, but they do enough, 20, 23 points per game, 24 points, right? Uh, and the defense has continued to ball out. And then when Dak returns in three games, it looks like week one. I don't believe yeah. the odds are that it's going to look like week one, three games in a row. The conversation no one wants to bring up, yes, he was poor week one. Tampa Bay's defense is stupid. And they had Kellen's number. When they came out and disrespected Kellen and said, we knew y'all wasn't going to stick to the run. We knew what y'all were going to do. We, we knew. Not only did it, so you got a, an elite defense that knows what you're going to do, and we're expecting what? You think Cooper Rush would have won in there? And come on now. You know what I mean? So the only way this becomes a controversy is Dak comes back and the offense looks absolutely terrible for a stretch. Now, Jesse, we come on here and say, do you go back to Cooper Rush? It might. It it might. Like, if you just take a moment and think, like Dak has played three quarters, three and a half quarters since January. That's fact. He's played three and a half quarters since January of last year. So even when he comes back from whatever, whenever he comes back from this injury, he still has to knock rust off. He's got to knock rust off, but you, what you don't want to do is pour rust on him by get, sending out two guys in a group of seven and, and doing things opposite of what you're doing. Now you can help him knock that rust. We ain't got to, we ain't got to go, back, but go look at the giants game. There were so many people running wide open. Off of the, right. they ran 15 play action passes on on Monday night. That's more play action passes than they've ever run. Well, than they ran uh, with Dak Prescott last year or Cooper Rush last year in 2021. More. It's more play action passes than they ran combined in the first two weeks. That helps your quarterback because what does it do? G- give you a half field read right until they get into that until they get into that rhythm. And then once he gets into that rhythm, now he can make those freaky throws and freaky reads that just Cooper Rush just not doing right now. It's not a knock on rush. He's limited. He's a backup. He's right, but you know how you know how it is there. Let's uh let's get the second down, man. Um, Michael Gallup. Speaking of wide receivers, Michael Gallup might return this week. He came out and he has some interesting things to say in the media. I'm gonna read a quote here. Uh, we've got a lot of games left to play, and I'm trying to be out there the whole time. I saw Chris Godwin's injury against us, and that's tough. It makes you think a little different about your recovery. I'm just trying to avoid that for sure. We both were a bit like, all right, Gallup practiced all last week. Why didn't he play? It was mental. And so right now he's talking about that mental hurdle. Now McCarthy did come out and say, you know, he looked like himself in practice and whatnot going up and getting the ball. But um, first week back, I know he wants to play all those snaps, Jesse. But should they rip the bandaid off? Or should they go ahead or should they uh, kind of ease him in here 15, 20 snaps in this game? Yeah, I think ease him in. I think I think ease him in, um, get him 15, 20 snaps, you know, let him open that thing up a little bit. 
the biggest thing about injuries like this and the mental part of it, most guys don't re-injure the same thing. It's what they compensate for. Then it becomes the hamstring or the the knee on the opposite leg, Dak. or something like that, or the back, whatever it may no, be. No, I'm saying that happened foot. to Dak. Remember? Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Um, it, it's it's that's the mental part of it. It's like, all right, cool. I've done all the work that I had to do this offseason to strengthen up the actual injured area. But a lot of times, what you negate is the other areas. And, you know, limping and kind of running with a little bit of limp and, and breaking down. Now the other half of your body is compensating or has been compensating, which means overworking to make up for that part. And it's, you know, I know you get back to training again, but it's still it's still off because I worked so hard to get this back strong again, you know. And, and that one's lagging a little bit. So the biggest thing is now is not injuring another part of the body. And that be an ankle, a foot, a knee, or a hamstring because you're compensating for that. So I, I think easing him back in this thing, giving him 15, 20 snaps, and, and, and trying some route that he, you know, like, hey, I feel really comfortable with the slant. I feel really comfortable with, you know, a goal or a post or something like that. And maybe not try to do a lot of different stuff that may, that may cause other injuries. And another thing to add to that, this is a conversation that will be brought up whenever the new CBA comes about. We watched in that last game a non-contract injury to Sterling Shepard. Playing on these surfaces, playing on these surfaces is becoming a legitimate problem. And that turf surface, I know everyone was trying to get to that point, you know, because it's it's a lot cheaper and easier to maintain than the natural grass. But we're starting to see a lot of these non-contact injuries coming from playing on this surface. That's another thing to come into play is when he gets back out there and he ramps up when he's going 100 miles an hour, these type of things happen because that surface is a lot different. And the Cowboys, you know, a lot of times practice on the grass surface. They'll go inside, you know, sometimes, but their practice field, they do a lot of their team stuff, seven-on-seven stuff. A lot of that stuff they do outside on the grass fields. So now going back to playing full speed on that turf, that's something to watch out for as well. Yeah, I had it written down here. The Giants field, MetLife is one of the worst stadiums players talk about. They hate going in to play on that, and look what happened to Sterling Shepard. So part of me is like, you know what, I'm glad he decided to wait because, you know, not all turf is the same turf, believe it or not, because Giants field has done that plenty of times. I don't know what they use. I, I, don't, I have no idea. But I'm kind of glad he decided to take a step back and say, you know what? Not only do I not want to risk myself doing this on the Giants MetLife Stadium turf, but it's on the road. I, I'm not as comfortable. This is a mental thing. I'm going to be at right. home. We got Washington right. at home. I'm going to feel comfortable. I've played on this stadium, in this stadium, on this turf for I don't know how many years. And the only reason why I tore my dang old knee up when I went up and got it is because I went up awkwardly. You know, or, or he went up awkwardly or the guy came down awkwardly on him. But he, he didn't do anything where it was non-contact. You know what I'm saying? So I think mentally he will feel much better playing in doubt. I mean, don't you feel much better playing at home, waking up in your bed? You know Absolutely. I mean? Your routine, everything, your drive, everything. You're in your car, you're taking your drive, you're eating your meal, you know, sleeping in your bed, seeing your masseuse or seeing your barber or seeing whatever it is, your acupuncture person, your nail tech, whatever it is, all those things that go into the mental 
preparation of getting ready for a game is smoother and it's much better when you're at home than when you're on the road. Indeed. And so I appreciate that he waited uh, another another week. And this would be a good time to kind of get – I'm with you – 15, 20 snaps, and then hopefully when you get to the Rams, you may get Dak back and let's – Let's do this thing because we don't want to. We don't want to get to a point right where we're week nine and ten. And we're like, all right, the offense has got to get itself together. Dak just came back three weeks ago. Michael Gallup just can't. We don't want to get to that point because you need to start. Now you are winning, but you need to start separating yourself and getting into a groove because week nine is going to turn into week fifteen. You're like, oh, I got two weeks left. We got to get to these playoffs. So I'm hoping that both of these dudes can come back and be in full swing sooner rather than later. But that all starts next week. Here we go in third down. Washington comes in. Quick little preview because we got to break it all down on game day live. All right, make sure y'all check that out. But quick little preview here real quick for Washington. I got one stat that I think is going to be the difference in, in this game. It could be the the only difference in this, not only difference, but the only stat that's worthy of speaking of here. But we'll see. Same stat. Dallas leads, Dallas leads the league in sacks. <laughs> Washington <laughs> gives up the most sacks. Jesse, yes. I mean, I know, I know sometimes we complicate football. We can do that sometimes with X's and O's and whatnot, and even with some Jimmy's and Joe's. But is it that simple? Dallas's pass rush against, by the way, it ain't like it's Tom back there. It's Carson Wentz who turns the ball over and likes to try to give you opportunities, who was sacked nine times last week, by the way. So the Cowboys pass rush against Carson Wentz and that Washington team who gives up the most sacks, that's my one stat I think can make the difference. But but it sounds like we're on that same page. My Literally, my one stat was that the Washington Commanders have given up 15 sacks this season. Crazy. They've given up 15 sacks. And that's all you need to say. Like, literally, that that is that is – that will be – the storyline, when this game is over, the storyline will read, the Cowboys sack Carson Wentz six times, and for Carson Wentz, it'll lead to a strip sack. Like, he's the one where strip sack fumbles will come. He's the one that getting slung to the ground, he'll throw one up in the air and you get a pick six. He's the one that'll make a terrible read, hold the ball too long, and get it in it. Like, he's the guy. Like, I know Tate called... Daniel Jones, little Eli last week. But this is like legit little Eli right here. Daniel Jones did something that I think maybe he was working on in the offseason. He used to fumble the ball. Two hands on the ball, right? And he was. You saw it? That Jameis Winston thing. Ah, I'm about to get sacked. Ah, Let me get the ball up out of here. Get out of trouble. And I'm like, ah, okay. That's smart. Because he knows I'm going to get pressure. I'm going to get sacked. That's not what Carson Wentz does. Carson Wentz is trying to play YOLO ball, hero ball. Funny you bring up Eli Manning. When I was breaking down film on him when he was with the Eagles, I think this was two years ago, I said, low-key, Carson Wentz is Eli Manning reborn. He is YOLO ball, throw it with my eyes closed. I'm going to try to keep making this play. I don't see the pressure, sack, fumble. And that's what happened last week in Philadelphia. Yeah, no, his pocket awareness is absolutely atrocious. Um, And one of the biggest things and you hear offensive linemen say this a lot, is when they don't know where you're going to go, it makes life a living hell to block. Like, like one of the reasons why Tom Brady doesn't get sacked a lot, well, one, he gets the ball out quick. But two, 
he knows that I'm going to drop back and I'm trying to step up. The offensive linemen know that. So they're always trying to push those guys around because Tom is not back there doing all that nonsense. He's going to drop back and he's going to try to climb the pocket and deliver the ball. Carson Wentz, you don't know where the hell he's going to be at sometimes back there. He rolling out when it's supposed to be a drop back. Again, because in the mind of the offensive lineman, I'm thinking in my head, one more thousand, two, one thousand. All right, my guy got to run the hump. Well, damn, he runs the hump. And who does he run into? Here comes Carson Wentz. Uh, but this is the guy who's going to give up the ghost. Like, he really is going to give you opportunities galore. Diggs, J. Lou, Brown, all, all those guys will probably have an opportunity. Now, make no mistake about it. You don't want to let guys like Jahan Dotson, and you don't want to let guys like Scary, Scary, Scary Terry get going. They can, they can give you headaches. And Carson Wentz still has a live arm. Yes. But I am, I am, I don't know if I've ever been as confident as like a three plus sack game happening than I am in this game. Like I'm really like three, I might not be, I might be upset in the post game show if the Cowboys don't have more than three sacks. At least five. If they have three sacks. If they don't have three, I might be upset like y'all, 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 y'all missed the mark. If that happens, it's only because Carson in the game plan, almost every damn possession is get the ball out in less than three seconds and let maybe less think, than two and a half seconds. I don't think he had that. I don't think the offensive I just don't think they are smart enough as a unit. He is smart enough as a football player to actually stick to that. I think in his head, he still thinks I have this live arm. I can make all the throws and I'm going to be a hero. They're not disciplined enough to do it. They, they had, that, that's the word that I'm looking for here. I, I don't think they're going to come out here and stick with that. Now, they might come out, do it, and, and then build off of it. But just watching last week, these dudes didn't start switching up, getting rid of the ball fast until late in the third quarter. And, and by that time, he was sacked, I think, six times. Well, after the third one in the first quarter, don't you think, I right, maybe I shouldn't hold the ball back here? And they didn't make that adjustment. And maybe they also didn't make that adjustment because while Scary Terry – is a problem. While Jahad Dotson is a, is a problem, I think you want to get those dudes to work deeper in routes, right? You want to get those guys beyond six yards, right? Beyond seven yards. You want to get them to get, because there's opportunities and he's you're right. He has a live arm, but I don't think Kellen or Kellen, I don't think Carson wants to throw seven yard slants, seven yard hitches, dump it off to the running back. Carson wants to get that ball downfield and not walk him it because that means you got to hold it. And that offensive line is not is not good. So you got a quarterback that's going to run around. You got an interior that's soft as pudding. I, I think it's going to be a big day for the front. I think you will see a lot of uh, sack fumbles. Maybe you won't get interceptions. Maybe you will because he might try to play hero ball. But you said big day for Diggs and them boys. I think we might see a big day for the front uh, with a couple turnovers, bro. Oh, I'm. I, it should be a big day for the defense again. Yeah, <laughs> like. Like the, the 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 trend of Dan Quinn's defense leading the league in sacks, I think they're at 13 right now to, uh, as a team. Um, that should continue. That should continue. Tank he may have another two three that get, uh, stack sack game, um, depending on how Mike is still recovering because he looked gassed that last game. Um, he's he's ridiculous, Arco, bro. He looks. Ga- oh, he, he was gassed and and just throwing dudes around. Gassed. Yeah, the dude. I told, I told you he's an alien. Like he's really truly an alien. Like I, he just 
I think that like whatever was supposed to come from space just didn't get here in time to recharge him. So he was like a little, right, I'm human, like for a little bit, but I'll take some plays off and then I'll like kind of self-recharge and I'll come in and just wreck it up again. Like it's, it's, it's so common now to use the term Superman, right? Like everybody, oh, I'm Superman. But no, you just described it. Superman came from, you know, a ship from, you know, Krypton or wherever it is. And yeah. as a baby, he's down. I feel like that's Micah. Like, hey, no, Miss Parson, I love you to death, Miss Sharice. But you found him. You, you had to find You found him somewhere out in the wilderness it, it, with some glow around him, green stuff or whatever. And was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and nurse this baby. He's going to be something special when he come up. Because he don't make sense. Nope. It don't make sense, man. All right, let's go ahead and get to fourth down and punt this thing on out uh, with our Twitter questions. Now, we have one question today, but I think this is a very um, interesting and fascinating question from our guy at CodeJelly05. He says, the run game has been real productive this year. Would you say it comes from the play calling, or did we focus on that during the offseason because our preseason games, we ran the ball effectively with the second and third string? So has the run game, he says the run game's been productive, is that something they focused on during the offseason or, or the preseason because they ran the ball effectively with the second string, Jesse? Run game. I think the run game has become more effective because they figured out the best way to do it. First of all, running on first down in the A-gaps is dead meat. It's, it's dead meat. They figured that now our best running style is getting the ball on the edges. We found out that especially in these two tight end sets. Again, all, all I want to do is I want to create a crash, and then I'm loving the way that they're saying, hey, Tyler Smith can't hold if he's out, if he's pulling. <laughs> Let's get this young boy out here pulling. And you've seen what happens when he's been pulling. He's been mowing jokers down. And so they found ways now to get the balls on the edges. When you get the football on the edges, if you can secure that, that, that is the all-important block, the edge block, right? So that defensive end, or, or if, it's, if it's in a 3-4, that outside linebacker, whoever has the containment responsibility, if I can hook him, down block him, get him going in the opposite direction, what I've now created is my running back in space coming downhill and defenders either flowing to him and the guys that are coming at him have single digit numbers or 20 numbers or 40 numbers. They aren't the 50s and the 70s and the 90 numbers. So the Cowboys have figured out our best and most efficient runs have come on the edges. All this trying to run up in the gut and the A gaps and the B gaps, that's obsolete. That's dead. One, mainly because we don't really have the interior. Travis Frederick ain't in it no more. Mm. Joe Looney ain't in there no more. Ron you know Leary. You got Ron Leary in there no more. Your best, your yeah. best deal now, your best deal now is let me work these edges and now let my running backs find those holes. And even with Zeke, Zeke's going to fall forward for four or five yards. Tony Powell's going to hit that thing and really get to the second level with his explosiveness. And I think that has been the, be the biggest formula. I know they had the play where I'm not quite sure what happened when when, Travis, uh, when when Zach Martin yelled to the sideline to stop doing that ish. The run was right up the gut. Yeah. He's like, stop doing it. Yeah, Kellen did touch on that. Something about communication or whatever. I think it was something more, but Kellen ain't going to tell us what it is. I do want to know yeah. what he's talking about, though. 
when Zach Martin is yelling to the sidelines, stop doing that ish, you've done something wrong. I, 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 I'm giving him enough credit to say he knows enough football, has played enough football to yell at you and go, whatever you just called, stop it. We've been getting we've been getting four and five and six, seven, eight yards a clip when we're doing the other thing. Don't go, don't revert back to this. So I think that the Cowboys and their running scheme, one, they've committed to it. They give Tony Pollard more touches. And they've done it to where they've been able to get on the edges where now you're not dealing with the big uglies anymore. You're dealing with now with DBs and safeties and all that kind of stuff. And I like the matchup of Tony Pollard or Zeke Elliott on safeties or, or flowing linebackers and not downhill linebackers. I love how you said they figured out how to run uh, at Cold Jelly, which I think is my guy CJ from uh, Facebook. Shout out to him. He's one of the uh, one of the fans of the show. I think it's both. He said, is it play calling or did they focus or did they focus on that in the offseason? It's both, right? And that's part of what you said. How to run is the play calling slash design, getting to the edges. And not only just that, but doing it with some pre-snap motion, right? Doing it with with getting guys and linebackers keying in on one thing. Just that one split second. That's all I was asking for last year. Run the ball more creatively. And we talked about it in the pregame, brother. We 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 pretty much called this. And I don't like to be that type. But we said, hey. You can be creative while keeping it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. You can be creative, and they did that. They had a lot of Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard on the field where they did some orbit motion, right? They bring them behind the line of scrimmage, hand it off. Uh, uh, Who was it? Um, Cooper Rush did a check with me. Gets to the the line, checks it out. Okay, I got some numbers over here. I see they're about to blitz. Kill, kill, kill. We're going to get this. I just need y'all to do your job, and we'll pitch it. That's that's creative, but it's keeping it simple at the same time. Getting these two guys down blocking and getting Zeke out here on the edges one on one with that big giant truck right in front of me. Um, ending around, not ending rounds. I'm sorry, but jet sweeps that happened earlier in this in the other game in week two. But then you fake the jet sweep. Now you got the linebacker and safety thinking. So I absolutely agree with you. They definitely found out how to run, and they also did focus on it. Uh, CJ in in the off season. It's something where I kept saying. It looks like there's something different to what they're doing from a run game standpoint, but it's impossible to know because you can't hit in practice. They're not really going 100. They're not going 100%. Okay, guys? The, the defense knows what's coming, but I'm like, all right, there's more 21. There's more TP moving in motion. There was one practice I charted. They ran some type of pre-snap motion, 75% of their, their practice reps. I'm like, that's different. Kellen Moore wasn't doing that. And each game, the Cowboys have been productive running the ball. Now it's just going to be, can he remain disciplined? Can he and smack his hand and stop throwing it when he ain't supposed to be throwing it? If he can do that, it does, I don't want to say it doesn't matter who's that quarterback, but both quarterbacks can have success because it does matter who's that quarterback. But both quarterbacks can have success, and we're seeing that right now. And to, to your point that you always make, when you make an asserted effort, to run the football and not just run it to run it, but run it with some productivity. It goes back to what made them successful in that Giants game. 15 play action passes. Like play action gonna work regardless. It is. It, it is. Whether you, run, whether you run the ball effectively or not, it's gonna work. It just, it's one of those things where I, the linebacker's gonna move. If they see play action, they're gonna take a, even if a half step up. Yes. But you come that with now actually having success at running the football, now that half a step goes to a full step, a full step and a half, two steps at times that they think they really timed it down right, now you've created an opportunity to throw behind them because 
they're they're they 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 bit they bit the bait. I mentioned something like that this morning. I said play action should work. I, I do have an interesting example, but play action absolutely should work, even if you're not having success. But your success on that play action. It, it, it skyrockets when you're successful, right? Like when you're running efficiently and, and it goes up another notch when you are actually committed and the team knows you are committed to run the ball at stretches during the game. Let me tell you why the play action didn't work against Tampa. Devin White said, I know y'all not going to commit. So I don't care if you're going to play action me. That's why you saw it far too many times in week one. Play action pass, Dak turns around, CeeDee Lamb, Noah Brown, sea of red. They didn't respect you, right? That's the only time it won't work. But that is that is so rare, right? It's it's only a, a special kind of coordinator that has the opposing team say, you're not, you're not going to stick to this, so we're going to practice. Hey, when he turns his back, drop. Don't even, don't even commit. Drop. Drop back. And that didn't happen in week two. It didn't happen in week three. The only time that kind of got funny in week two is when they did say, all right, listen, man, they already tearing us up on this ground. We just got to drop back his zone and hope that they go away from it. And they were. Cooper Rush started throwing the ball across the field and almost gave the game away. So they got a, I need a button or something for, for Kellen where he get a little, get a little itchy on his finger, man, to throw that ball. You got to go to that. You got to just, you got to go to that Dave Chappelle, you know, what five fingers say to the face and just get the smack part. Smack. Just get the, Let's get that part. You got to just get that part out of it right there and just go smack, smack Facts. every time. You walk. Come on, tell them more. Yeah. Smack. Hey, man, pack it up. Put it on the loop, man. As a matter of fact, yeah. y'all, y'all pack this this podcast up and put it on the loop every Wednesday or Thursday, wherever my guy Jake decides to drop it, Jesse. Final final thoughts as we head out of here on Cowboys 4th and Long. Oh, man. Uh, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting. The, the one thing, and I'm, I'm, I'm biting off, Biting off of Bill Parcells, don't don't eat the cheese. Yes, sir. Don't eat the cheese. You've won two games. You know, don't start peeking of saying, "Hey, we got L.A., we got Philly," and you overlook the Commanders. Don't do it. Don't exhale because you've been like, "All right, cool, we got two games." <sighs> don't do it. Don't look at this opponent as less than. Don't do it because this, these are the moments in the season where. In the past, and I'm hoping culture and things have changed, where the Cowboys spit the bit, and they have that Denver-type loss or that Raiders-type loss where you just go, how the hell we lose to them? Like, really? And that that will ruin everything you've done the last two weeks. That will ruin everything that you've done the last two weeks because, yes, you are going to have some extreme competition in the next two weeks following this game in the Rams and in the Eagles. But don't spit the bit and don't bite the cheese of thinking this team is less than. Let us do that. <laughs> let me and you do that. Let, 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 the, let the pundits, let the media people do that. You got to stay locked in and really go out there and beat the teams that you're supposed to beat. And this is one of the ones on the schedule that you were supposed to win twice to, the, to, the, to these dudes. Don't, 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 don't come out. That, that's my biggest fear is that they take a breath. And this team looks at like the Cowboys of saying, okay, they 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 they're a little poised for they might be looking past us. They may they 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 ripe for the picking. Eliminate them. Don't let them hang around, leave no doubt. Cause at the end of the day, what's weird to me, I know I'm going along with it on this one, that defense has 
five first-round picks on it. The commander's defense. Yeah. Five first-round picks. You don't have that much talent on defense and aren't good. And they have not been that this year. I, I don't want I don't want us to be the 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 script that the doctor ordered. And let me tell you this. You got a team coming off of two straight losses, a division rival, right? Coming off of two straight losses. If you don't think they're going to try to come out here feeling desperate and playing desperate, you got to match that energy, right? So you definitely cannot look ahead. You got to keep this thing week to week and make them match your energy. You need to come into this playing just as desperate as they're probably going to play against you because right now you're zero and zero going into week four. That's how you got to treat it, man. But. That will do it for this episode of Cowboys Fourth and Long. Jesse Holly, Skywalker Steel. We will see you on Sunday. It is Sunday this week, right? I mean, these goodness, Jesus. That, look, it's funny. We saw that 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 tweet come out as we were complaining, yeah. going, "Oh my, oh my gosh, these primetime games. What is happening?" Finally, we, let me drop a clue bomb. We get a twelve o'clock game, Cowboys Nation. Fam, I would take 17 of these. 17. Fans don't understand. Fans like, oh no, I love the prime. No, because you're at you're at home. You in your you in your nice little pajamas and you go right to bed. But you don't know what it is to have to be there two hours before, set up, not me, you, uh, and and then do a post-game show and you don't get home to one, two o'clock in the morning, don't get to sleep really to like two thirty, three o'clock, and then get right back up. The next day, you have to do it all again? Nah. Give me these nooners, baby. Give me these nooners. But hey, it's for the love of the game. We out of here, Cowboys Nation. Peace.